Hello, I'm Claire from Wild Ginger Running, the trail and ultra running YouTube channel. And this is the podcast version of my weekly live chat with an athlete, coach or other running expert. The link to the original film on YouTube is in the show notes. Check out my Instagram and YouTube channel for more training advice, inspiration and gear reviews. Everything is Wild Ginger Running and my blog is wildgingerrunning.co.uk. Support me on Patreon if you enjoy this free advice at patreon.com slash wildgingerrunning. Enjoy this podcast and see you next week for more. Hello, good evening. Tonight, a very warm welcome to a special guest. We have the co-founder and race director of the infamous Montaigne Spine Race, which is 268 miles along the Pennine Way in the depths of winter every January. It's Philip Payday-Brown. Yay! Good evening to you, Philip. How are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, quite uh, hot in the old uh, Spine HQ office here. <laughs> Yeah, I bet it is. Um, so, like most of us are aware of uh, the Spine Race every January 10th to the 17th, uh, hopefully, fingers crossed this year. And uh, we do have a couple of fans. I just want to read you out what they said. Pascal is a big fan. Uh, she says, I really hope it goes ahead. Hannah is a big fan. She says, um, can you imagine 18 months without dot watching and the Facebook updates from the spine, <laughs> keeping everything crossed? Um, so just for anybody who isn't aware of what the spine race is, could you just tell us a little bit about the race? Um, uh, yeah, just sum it up in a nutshell. Oh, okay. So it's a, it's a 268 mile ultra foot race on the Pennine Way. So it goes from Edale to Coke Yetham. Uh, we have, uh, we have two length races, so we have the long one, which is 268, and we have the short one. We call it short, but it's a fun run. Yeah, the fun run. 108 miles, um, and uh, they've both got their own challenges and characters. And like you said, we do them in January, so we do them in winter. We also do them in summer as well, so there is a summer version in June. Uh, but uh, So all those people who don't like the cold too much, they can come and have the heat. <laughs> yes so it's super long at any time of year but yeah the the really really hardcore version is in the winter and we're we're all really got our fingers crossed for 2021 um because it, it let's face it it's been an interesting year shall we say um and so what what are your plans at the moment currently with the 2021 race well, at the minute, I, in the, we've been in the process of putting together all the COVID safe precautions and all the risk assessments and all the all the boxes we have to tick for all the different um, local authorities up the route. Uh, they ask a lot of questions. We have to jump through a lot of hoops. So we've been doing that, really. And, and we're in a place now where all that's done. Um, we're just kind of waiting now to see what happens on the 16th of December when they make the next announcement about the tier systems. Uh, so it's a little bit of limbo. We're waiting. We are hoping that the tier systems are going to change because if they stay as they are now, um, it's very unlikely that we'll get a spine race like we know. So there are strange and weird contingency plans for if the tier systems do stay the same. There is potential options to do something. I won't say anything else on it, but that that you know that could happen. But uh, yeah, so now, you know, we're just in the normal process of, of just double checking everything, making sure we got all the kit right, going through all all of that stuff and and yeah, so and answering emails. 
Lots of email. <laughs> yeah, I bet everyone's uh, sending emails left, right and centre. <laughs> I mean, it's usually like it's like a month out from the race. It's usually stressful for any race organiser at this stage. But um, how much more has COVID kind of put that pressure on you? Yeah. Um, yeah, like I say, it is, it is normally quite... <laughs> quite pressure uh, at this this time but um, by this time we've normally got everything sorted and everything's in place we're just normally dealing with uh, you know emails people who have issues and problems and all that kind of stuff this close to the race uh, whereas now we're dealing with a hell of a lot more because it's COVID or so COVID this COVID that what happens if this happens you know um, we did allow all the international guys to defer um, and uh, but we still got some in who didn't want to defer they they still you know they're still holding out hope that they can get on an airplane or a ferry and get over here you know so so that is that is happening um so yeah so the added pressure is is just dealing with people's expectations really yeah yeah it's going to be a really a tough year whatever happens isn't it um, and you've you've made some there's a big document here that i've got about faqs about a spine race um during covid restrictions um and it, it sounds like you've got it all under control like there's no math start um there's lots of different areas for the different things you're doing like a one-way system um yeah yes um yeah, how, how did you decide on all those things? Was it just, you just had to follow some certain guidelines or have you made well, this up yourselves? The, the, there, are, there are a whole bunch of set guidelines for this kind of stuff. Plus, you know, our team, they're, they're amazing. And um, yeah, they, they've, they've put together a lot of this stuff. And, um, and a lot of them work in the environment where they deal with this kind of stuff as well. So they're bringing their experience into the, into the party and um, it's allowing us to, to have a really good, robust COVID policy, really. Um, and, uh, and moving forward, you know, we, we've been adapting and, and uh, moving flexibly with, with everything that changes because it's been changing quite a lot. Uh, and we will continue to do that. And, and we will go out of our way and just to make this happen because we know everyone just wants to get out there and run. Yeah. So you know, or, or walk, whatever they want to do, but just to get out yeah. and do something. Yeah, definitely. Well, we've all got our fingers crossed. We've got tons of people <laughs> watching right now. Um, I'm just going to give you a sense of who is watching live. So um, we've got uh, like a record number of people um, watching. And if you want me to read something out to Philip, then just type it in the comments now. But Hannah, Hannah says hi. We've got Leon. We've got Graham. Brad. Uh, Brad is watching from Canada. Um, <laughs> We've got Tochio Notti Tri Ultra. I don't know how to pronounce that. <laughs> uh, Philip Haddock, uh, he wants to do the spine one day. Um, got Raj Mahapatra's watching. Uh, we'll talk a little bit oh, about gosh. Raj later. Yeah, we, I want to talk a little bit about um, the charity that's linked in with them um, with the spine race. So that'd be great. Um, so we've got Sharon and we, oh, um, top. Um, I need to get this name name right. Totria Noto Noto Tri Ultra says that they are in for Jan, so they can't wait to do the race. Um, and why oh. is it why is it so loud? Has their fingers crossed as well. Um, so yeah, everybody's looking forward to the race. Hopefully, going ahead, we'll all keep our fingers crossed. Um, and you told me just earlier that there's there's quite a few big names entered. So if the race goes ahead, um, we've got. Um, 
well, there's Ian Keith, there's Damien Hall, both past winners. So that will be really interesting to watch on the dots. Then we've got Kim Collison, uh, GB runner. He's just so, uh, like, he's up and cut. Well, he's been up and coming for years, but, you know, he's just, like, one to watch. Um, and then you mentioned John Knapp and, and Gwyn Stokes as well. And then for the ladies, we've got Debbie Martin-Gonsani. We've got Sabrina Vergie, who obviously did the FKT just recently on the Pennine Way um, in September, and Elaine Bisson as well. So, yeah. Um, how pleased are you that you've got like this really stellar cast still entered? We we have a we have a good team up front, but uh, I just got to correct you there on on one name uh, with Damien Hall. Uh, he's got the FKT or he's got the record, but he's never won it yet. Oh, has he not? I thought he won it ages ago. Was he just on the no. podium? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he wins I'm everything sure else. Watching, or someone can tell him that you know yeah. <laughs> you thought he'd won, but he didn't. Yeah, but he probably yeah he's got a good chance this year. <laughs> that's um, but you know that's what's going to make the race. So yeah, we've awesome. got some quality runners out there, and um, they're, they're going to go for it. So you know, like you say, fingers crossed. Let's let's get this happening, and let's get them set off, and we can all dot watch. Yes, yeah, and fingers crossed David Hall does win this year, then uh, what I've said will be correct. Sorry about that. It's just he seems to have FKTs on everything, so I <laughs> just assumed he'd won it. Um, but um, uh, fantastic. So I just wanted to just like lighten the mood a little bit and just get from you, Phil, uh, what do you like best about organising the spine race? Because it must be a really kind of big thing to do. What What's the, the best thing about it for you? Well, the reward I would say for me is is the week of the event. You know, we we get to go along. The the team we have are amazing. Um, you know, it's called the Spine Family for a reason. You know, it's it's a fantastic atmosphere. Everyone loves it. So so to me, the the whole week is 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 the fun bit. Um, you know, it's uh, it, it's great organising this, but I'm I'm not the kind of person who likes sitting in front of the computer. You know, I like to I like to get out and about. So. As much as I can do that, I like it. So the the, the build up and all that isn't isn't great for me. But you know, um, I think a lot of people would say the same. You know, they don't like sitting in front of a computer. They'd rather be out on the hill. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So what I love about it is is just watching people you know go through this whole process um, and grow throughout it. And then and then it's it's a big journey. And then seeing them on the start line in Edel and you know we have quite a few dropouts normally. And, um, you know, for the people who get to the finish, it can get quite emotional. So, you know, that, that, that's also, you know, my, one of my favorite moments is, is in, in the border in at the finish, having a pint. Because as soon as I have a pint, then I know it's over. Everyone's in safe. Because I don't touch the alcohol until, until <laughs> I know everyone's in safe. So, you know, that, that, that's a good time always a good plan <laughs> and that pint does taste good doesn't it after what like it could be seven days before they've all come it, in it always is there's, <laughs> there's always someone you know there's always someone just sneaks in there at the end yeah the last yeah. person gets the wooden spoon um <laughs> so um uh so when did the spine race start i remember i was working on trail trail running magazine at the time and i think there was like 16 people that did the first ever one can you just tell us a little bit about like the first one and what gave you that idea to even start start the spine race in the first place oh right okay well that's going back i mean the first race was in 2012 um which would make 2021 our, our 10th anniversary so let's hope it happens um and uh yeah you're right there was 15 people on the start line over the two races and and you know three people finished the the long race it was 
a lot of people thought it couldn't be done in in that time you know and and that, look what people are doing now with with the times in in january it's crazy um so you know where it came from the ideas you know there was myself and scott who who set this up um and uh our background was was more polar related, so you know um, I used to organise a race to the to the magnetic North Pole. Um, Scott then joined that company. We worked together for a bit, and then then we left. We had an idea to do a race in the UK, similar to what we used to do in Canada, and and then just uh, yeah, thought Penang Way is not being used, and let, let's go use it, and let's do it in January because. Because as as we all know, in in January in the UK, it's always white and fluffy and lovely. Oh yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, we 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 soon learned that it it wasn't always nice and white and fluffy. It's normally boggy and muddy. <laughs> um, uh, but we have had our we have had our years where it's been very white and fluffy. Um, like yeah, at the behind minute. you in that picture. <laughs> A picture, absolutely. Um, and um, I've been seeing lots of pictures from from people who've been uh, putting them on Facebook about what it's like up on Crossfell at the minute and Penny Ghent. You know, it's it's a lot of snow already. So if it stays and we get more, and the race happens, it will be very interesting on the tops. So it'll it'll be fun. Um, so yeah, so that's where the idea came from. It came from a polar background. Neither myself or Scott have an ultra running background. Um, and I've only ever done one race, and that was to the South Pole. Um, Scott's done a race, he did the Yukon Ultra. Uh, so you know that was our that was our ultra stuff. It's always been extremely cold. Um, so you know we came into this community, you know, kind of fresh, if you like. Um, and then the spine captured interest out there and and took off, mainly because it's slightly different to most ultras. It you know it's not just a standard ultra. There's other things that you need to know. Um, there are a lot more ultras since ours have come out, which you, know, you need to utilize the same kind of skills. So it's kind of an expedition skills type ultra. So you need to navigate. You need to be able to look after yourself. You need to be able to bivy out, uh, you know, in in minus five and, and whatnot in the middle of the night. Uh, you know, these skills, you know, they, they come with experience. So and that's what people like about it. And, you know, a lot of the time you're on your own out there. So it's... um. It's it's quite a brutal, brutal race, which yeah. is what we use the tag. <laughs> yeah, Britain's most brutal. Yes, yeah, that hashtag will be soon trending on Twitter. Um, and uh, we've got um Shazne nine 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 watching who says hi, boss. Um, <laughs> Phil needs to tell you what the years have been called: the muddy year, the windy year, etc. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, we've had the windy year, we've had the wet year, uh, we, we've had we've had the year where we cancelled stuff, uh, well, postponed things, held held the year, and yeah, and you know now it's it's the COVID year, so you know this will go down in history as the COVID year, and to, it will probably be one of the toughest races that we've ever put on, um, you know with with the restrictions we've got, you know, we're, we're limiting the time now. People can stay in checkpoints. Uh, used to be 12 hours, now it's six. Um, you know, the run-through checkpoints, we changed those a couple of years ago. They're only 30 minutes now you can spend there. But, you know, the, the support network, we're there, but we're not allowed to hug you. We're not allowed to do any of those amazing things that we've done in the past. Um, so, are you, you know, allowed to, um, are you allowed to look at blisters and, and do the blister care even? 
is that far um, enough away? If you're a tall enough person, it could be two meters. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, we have our medics as normal. We have exile medics, and, and they've got processes in place. I think there's going to be guidance on that. So you know, people could do it themselves. They'll get given the kit, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, it's going to be it's going to be different. It's going to be very different. Yeah. It is going to be different. Um, and we will. I know we've got thirty minutes with you tonight, Philip. So if anybody has got a question on the live chat, then get it in now rather than later, because we've just got thirty minutes with Phil tonight. Um, it's really nice of you to give it your time. Um, uh, we'll just get onto the training in a minute, like some advice there, and and talking a bit about the dropout rate. But I just wanted to get from you, like, have you got any best or worst memories, or something that really stands out from the previous years? Because there's been loads of cool stuff going on, like with the weather, uh, with Jasmine winning outright, like maybe you've seen some really terrible blisters. Um, yeah, what what is the the best thing that's ever happened on the spine race, and like one of the really worst things that's happened for you? Oh God, uh, there's so much, but um, <laughs> I, I guess um, I mean Jasmine, just yeah, what a special moment that was. Um, yeah, to 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 see her break the record by 12 hours and and just just smash it, and then you know it was kind of. It wasn't like a walk in the park for her, but you know, she wasn't that knackered at the end, which <laughs> she looked great, which yeah. is uh, amazing, you know. So, and that was good for us because you know it 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 put ultra running in the mainstream for a little bit. You know, she she was all over the place. She was she was in a Vogue magazine. She was in the she was in um in the FT. She was in Financial Times. You know, it's kind of how can a runner make it into the Financial Times? It's it's crazy. So yes, yeah. yeah, so that's probably. Probably one of the best moments we, we've had. Um, oh God, as far as worst moments, I mean, we've never had any major tragedies out there. You know, touch wood. Um, you know, we, we've had we've had people who've got lost. We've had people who've, you know, um, there was one occasion where you know a helicopter was called out um, uh, for someone who, uh, and then they couldn't find them, so they didn't get the helicopter. Um, and it turned out to be it wasn't even one of our runners. You know, it was, it was just something that happened during oh. our race. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so that was a bit mad. But um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> talk about blisters. We've we've kind of seen it all there. So, you know, uh, our, our medics, uh, the ones who keep coming back, and they do keep coming back. They do request to come back. They don't have to, but they, <laughs> they keep wanting to come back. You know, they just see feet all week and. <laughs> And some of the pictures they take of people's really bad blisters, it's just unbelievable that they dress them and then these people go back out the door. So, yeah, just like when a whole sole of someone's foot is just raw, oh. you know, and they dress it and send them out the door. It's kind of, whoa, okay. Yeah, so, so, yeah. But, you know, off the top of my head, for you know, thinking of one specific moment, uh, I uh, can't really. Um uh, it's probably Eugenie. Eugenie always uh, entertains. <laughs> is he in the race this year, or because he's from abroad, isn't he? So I don't know if he he'd be able abroad. to fly in. Well, he, <laughs> I have been talking to him. He's not on the roster, but um, you know, the, 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 there is a chance that he will be. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it, it is down to foreign travel. Uh, you know, the minute I, I don't think it, you know, I think he would have to quarantine for two weeks either side at the minute. Uh, and um, so uh, there's a big question mark there. But Eugenie has given us some some treats in the past. I mean, w w one of the early memories from Eugenie was uh, 
when he was running over uh, Cheviots at the end. And um, he had a massive ball of ice stuck to his shoe. And he was running with these balls of ice stuck to his shoes. <laughs> I mean, it was adding like two or three kilos to his feet. Yeah, and he didn't really know it because his feet were under the snow. He just thought it was just heavy until we, until we seen him. And then uh, he came out of the snow and there was these massive ice blocks on his feet. That, that was quite, quite a moment. I remember that. I remember we put a picture of the shoe with the big ice ball on. It was yeah. stuck to the lace, wasn't it? It was the salmon was, quick lacing. Yeah. And it just gradually built up into this like tiny snowman's head on his shoe. Yeah. <laughs> it was like bigger than his shoe at one point. So yeah, we put a picture of that in Trail Running Magazine. I remember that one. That's a great memory. <laughs> um, and uh, I just want to ask you a little bit about the training side of the race because um, there's a couple of people who would like to do the race in the future here. Um, Hannah Neal says she loves the spy race as a dot watcher and she's got this kind of crazy long-term goal to take part eventually but she's only done a 50k ultra um so she's you know thinking of gradually building up um as you would do um but she just wondered if you had any advice like as is there training weekends um and somebody else was just saying well it's it is mostly walking so yeah like just how how should people go about training for such a long arduous event in the winter um, it, well, it is. It's about distance. It's about getting getting that distance in your legs. Uh, so, you know, um, quite a, a funny story. My girlfriend, who is not an ultra runner, uh, she she wanted to do because she comes and helps on on the spine race, and and it inspired her. So she wanted to come and do the the short race, the challenger, you know. And she wanted me to give her a place, you know. And I said, okay, okay. Well, if you can if you can run from your house to my house, which is about thirty seven miles. Or walk from there to there then I'll think about it you know she she you know she she trains she goes to the gym and you know she's not unfit uh, she made it 20 miles before I had to go and pick her up <laughs> people don't people don't realize that you know doing because to checkpoint one something like 46 miles you know and you've got to do that in in one go so you know if you can't do that in in that amount of time in 24 hours because you've got to be there and out in 24 hours then you know it's kind of it's a it's a hard one so time on your legs get get as much mileage in as you possibly can this the the race can be done walking people have proved that so people have walked the whole route and finished and completed both both distances so that that is proven that can be done um the normal ultra ray is you know is is walk run so you know you walk you walk the hills run the flats that kind of thing um and uh but a lot of the experience is, is, is needed with nighttime. Get out there at night with with navigation. So, you know, getting out on a trail, get lost, see if you can find yourself at night, that kind of thing. That's the experience that we need because the Penang Way, it's a well-marked trail, but it's, you know, there are elements of it where you do need to navigate, especially at night. You know, you might enter a field over a stile. The other one is somewhere at the other side of the field there's no trail to it you have to you know you have to get there so and across the top across fell like those kind of places there's not a there's not a path you know some parts of the the bogs and stuff you know the, the fells there is massive paths there's kind of um slabs that have been put down so you know not much navigation needed there but there are elements that you you need to use the navigation so um so as a build-up, which is another reason why we did the the summer the summer spines, because they're they're a good introduction into it. It's safer because there's more daylight. 
Um, you know, I, I chose kind of as close to June the 21st as possible. So as close to the, the longest day as possible. So as, as, the, as much light as possible out there. Um, and that's a good entry. So the, 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 the short summer race is a good entry race into wanting to do and to progress into doing the other races. So that's, um, that's good. But if you want to go straight into the winter one, then I would suggest you get out there and you do other, other winter races, get other winter races under your belt, 50 K and more. And, um, and when I do the application uh, vetting, then that'll probably get you in. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's really good advice. Yeah. Thank you for that, Phil. Um, uh, because the race has, um, it's, well, it's got a notorious dropout rate. Um, oh, and I've just got a question here from Phil. Um, he's one of my patrons. Um, he, he wants to get um, a Wild Ginger Running team together for it. And he, he also wants to know, can you do this race like in teams? Can you, can you do it in a team of three, presumably for the company and like navigation and, and morale? Absolutely. I mean, when we first launched this, um, with, when I first launched this with Scott, you know, we, we had envisaged having teams. Uh, you know, that, that was because that's how we used to run the, the polar race. Um, and, um, you know, we always had teams out there because when you're in a team, it's safer. But then we soon discovered that ultra runners, you know, they like to be alone, they're, you know, lone wolf and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so you know, it, it quickly became kind of an individual type thing but we've always wanted to have teams involved uh and you know that that is one evolution in in the spine race that that we want to start pushing we want teams to come we want relay teams to come you know so they you can have five in the team and you meet someone at a checkpoint you you tag and then you go that kind of thing you know that that's something that we we want to work on for the future you know trying to grow grow that kind of that kind of uh, environment so yeah. you know, more people can have a go at it because not everyone can run 108 miles but they may be able to run to the first checkpoint and then switch it over with someone else so we want to make it more achievable for more people yeah and I suppose that would then give anyone doing the whole thing like some other people to sort of kind of come past them and motivate them and, and, and be a bit fresher on the trail yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah they might be like, oh, <laughs> you're fresh, and I'm like, I've been running for five days now. <laughs> um, and Hannah says, uh, thanks for that. The summer spine would probably be my preferred one, actually, because you see more of the beautiful scenery. So that is a good point there as well. Um, and yeah, we've got a question from uh, John Kiniston. Um, he says, what does Philip think is the main reason that runners DNF the spine? So that's did not finish. Um, so when they quit, is it more physical, do you think? Or is it more of a mental thing? Um, it's a bit of both, really. Uh, if, if there's one thing I can say that makes people DNF, it's, it's lack of preparation. So the more prepared you are for it, so the more... Um, you know, the more research you've done in, into it, the more wrecking you've done of the route, um, the more training you've done, the more you will not DNF. Uh, so, you know, which is why, you know, we, we do have training events. We hold training events through the year. And I, I've always been very surprised that, you know, we haven't been able to really fill them up with loads of people. You know, we have 20, 30 people sometimes. Um, and, then, and then we have a lot more than that who drop out because of lack of preparation. So the training events are a bit of a bit of a push now for the, for the training events, but they but they do give you a good strategy to work from. You know the people on on the training events, people that deliver it. You know they've done the race, they've completed the race, 
some of them have done it several times, failed sometimes, succeeded other times. So their advice is amazing. So yeah, preparation really. Yeah, get on get on one of those courses. Um, yeah, and prepare yourself fully. Yes, it's interesting. Also, the weather, I suppose, can also kind of do it for some people can't they like if you um aren't as fast as some other runners and you can't get over say cross foul uh, and a storm comes in and you're really tired then it's actually unsafe so then maybe you'll drop out uh yeah not not as often as you think uh, when the weather's really bad the people who do the spine waste in, in winter they love it they <laughs> love it when the storms come in they just they just want to get out there and they just want to be amongst it you know it, Seeing the joy on people's faces when they've just come over cross fell in a, in a blizzard, you know, and they land in Alston, they're like, well, they're knackered, but it's yeah. a good knackered, yeah. you know, and, and, and they feel great, you know, and they just love the bad weather. So I, I wouldn't say the bad weather is is an element of why they DNF. I, I, it's it's different to that. It, it, it is it is self-preparation. It's, it's, it's all of that stuff. I always call it self-admin. You know, you've got to look after yourself. And if you don't look after yourself, if you're not prepared for that, then then it's uh, it's game over sometimes. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and um, I remember there was one year that Raj Mahapatra, who's got the condition, um, uh, the spinal condition, ankylosing spondylitis, and he uh, gave a talk, I think, beforehand. Um, and he said that then, because he'd done the spine race and the summer spine race as well, and he said that loads of people came up to him afterwards and said, I heard your talk and I heard that how you did it with your spondylosing ankylitis, which is really painful spinal fusion in... Um, like a condition um, and they said I just felt like I couldn't drop out because you'd given that talk so I think that there was a record number of like of successful people that year on the spine and, and it, that was just I just thought that was really interesting um, and you you partner with them as a charity now don't you? We do yeah and you know it it, it kind of fit really well because it's a it's a spine related charity. So. Yeah. <laughs> and um and well done for for your pronunciations because I always get that completely wrong. So I don't even, <laughs> I don't even attempt it these days. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a worthy charity, and Raj is brilliant. You know, he yeah. he, he is very inspirational. He's a good talker. Yeah. And um, and sometimes you know when you when you're in the middle of nowhere and you're feeling really bad, then if you can dig deep and remember something someone said, you know, that makes you feel a bit better. Then yeah, I mean that's what it's all about. And and. You know, he he does a good, he does us a good service there. Yeah, he does. He's a super guy, Raj. Um, if you Google Raj Spine Race, uh, there's an interview with him actually on this YouTube channel. So um, definitely check that out because he just uh, gives some great tips there as well. Um, there is one question just coming in um, on the on the live to try or not to try ultra. Um, at the border of so the spine race starts um sorry um finishes at the border hotel in scotland it's only like this far over the border of scotland um which is currently closed so how is the spine race going to sort of cope with with uh, that uh, conundrum <laughs> uh well um you know it, it depends you know th there is time for that to change uh, so, you know, if it doesn't change, we do have contingency plans in place. Uh, but, you know, it, it, not, not that I'm not going to say anything about it now, but I mean, it's pretty obvious, really. You know, we'll finish the race in England. So, you know, or, you know, there, there, there is a chance, uh, you know, speaking to the local authorities that we will get into Scotland and we ship people out of England, out of Scotland into England to then rest up and do their do their thing. Uh, so, yeah, there's lots of lots of avenues and and, and different 
things we can do. So, um, but at the minute, yeah, that's right. Scotland's closed. We can't go in. But hopefully that'll change, and and there's time for it to change, as is the tier system in England. So this is this is what we're kind of waiting for. Yeah, all up in the air. Oh well, hats off to you guys for organising an amazing event every year, and then this year even more so. And we've got um one just little final question for you from Ben C, who says, "What do you drink, Phil? If I make the finish, I could well be the last person, so I'm buying. Good luck and <laughs> thanks for all your efforts with this race." Ah, uh, brilliant! Ah, oh, fantastic! Oh, I I I drink whiskey. Ah, <laughs> oh, a pint of whiskey. <laughs> well, not, ne Great. not necessarily a pint of whiskey, but I, <laughs> I normally have a whiskey chaser. But um, you know, if it was my chosen drink at the end, it, it would be a, a nice single malt. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wonderful. Well, you might need a pint of whiskey after this year's spine race. You never know. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I just want to say thank you, um, Phil, for you coming on tonight. Um, I, there's a couple of things that I just want to read out to you that people have been really thankful for you asking, partic uh, answering particular questions. Um, we've got uh, uh, Graham Band says, uh, blisters that you talked about earlier always make a lovely image. Um, we've got Shazney999 saying, hit the like button, folk, to bump the numbers up so that's very kind of you as well um and philip haddock says thanks phil i can start to pester some of my running mates mates now for that relay um, <laughs> and leon young says if we could get all 92 of us well there's actually 97 people watching live right now if we can get all of us on here as a team then i think we have a good shot <laughs> a couple of miles each <laughs> um and Chasney999 says, um, dot watchers during the spine race are in the thousands these days. You're shattered just sitting in front of your laptop. <laughs> That's very true. Um, right. And to try or not to try ultra says, perfect. That contingency plan about Scotland works. Thank you. Um, and Ben C has put a glass of whiskey emoji and cheers, Phil. <laughs> Brilliant. Fantastic. Well, yeah, um, best of luck, Phil, with the race. Um, I know you're going to have a few sleepless nights this Christmas and New Year, um, but we'll all be um, ready to watch those dots um, in some form or other, hopefully, on the 10th of January all the way to the 17th. Um, so thank you so much for coming on tonight. It was great to see you. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Hi, it's Claire here. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. These live chats take place every Wednesday evening at 6.30pm UK time on World Ginger Running YouTube channel. And the link is in the show notes. I just wanted to let you know that you can find this and loads more advice and inspiration and gear tests all about trail and ultra running on my YouTube channel, Wild Ginger Running. There are training tips, advice from elite athletes, top coaches, nutritious recipes, key exercises, injury prevention information, and tons of trail kit reviewed from running packs to poles, waterproofs to head torches, GPS watches, and shoes, 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 and did I mention shoes? I've been going for a few years now, so there's a huge archive of content to help you out with your trail and ultra running. To quickly and easily find the information you need, simply type your query into the Google search box and then write wild ginger running after it. Then Google will show you whatever blog posts or films I have on that topic. Give it a try. 
And if you appreciate listening and all the information that I share on YouTube, you're also very welcome to support me on Patreon, which gets you some additional excellent perks and the chance to win some awesome prizes. For as little as the price of a cup of coffee every month, patrons get discounts, extra films, access to the exclusive Facebook and Strava groups, the chance to ask questions to every live chat guest, plus automatic entry into my monthly competition to win £400 worth of trail and ultra running gear. There are only about 150 patrons, so the odds on a win are way better than the lottery. Interested? Find me at patreon.com slash wildgingerrunning. Thanks for listening, guys. Have fun, enjoy your run, and I'll see you on the trails.